Hey guys, welcome to the Bad Blood Football Podcast. This week we'll be taking a look at the matchups for the championship games that'll be taking place this Sunday. Before we begin, I want to give a quick shout out to our boy uh, No2Villager. He's a YouTube person. He left a comment for us on our latest video. He wants to know about Chad Johnson and the XFL. We'll be answering that question at the end of the video, so stay tuned if you're interested in that topic. So let's get right into these matchups. First, we're going to have the AFC Championship game, which will be the Titans versus the Chiefs. The Chiefs are a pretty big favorite, with ESPN predicting a 75.1% chance for them to win. These two teams are very different stylistically, so you know, it should be an interesting game, even if a little one-sided. So what do you think about it, Dan? Um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm very excited for this game. I'm looking forward to this Sunday for both games, but primarily this game. I know um, Chiefs all around are the favorite, and statistically, they are the most most sound team, although they are lacking in the rushing department. They're ranked 23rd right now throughout the league, while they're facing the Titans, who are ranked 3rd. As a standing stat, Ryan Tannehill actually has a better passer rating than Pat Mahomes, so we'll see how Ryan Tannehill plays in this game. Hopefully, he steps up and gets more than 77 yards per game. Um, right now in the playoffs, Titans are producing about 24 points per game and uh, primarily over 200 yards rushing, which is 70% of their um, offense. But they have a tough task to uh, beat because the Chiefs right now throughout the first, throughout the regular season allowed more points. But now in the postseason, they're only allowing around 14 points per game. So that's going to be a tough task, especially for Derrick Henry. I know uh, the last time they met, just around last year, the Titans beat them in a, a stunning finish with a 22-21 to 21 victory. And right now, like Robert has been mentioning, Derrick Henry is the, uh, the man on the offense for them. He has more rushing yards after contact than any other player has total rushing yards this entire season, including playoffs. Um, I know there's a lot of um, skepticism in Andy Reid and his ability to win playoff games. I know they did an outstanding job last week coming back from a 24 deficit, but uh, he has the uh, most regular season wins among any head coach who has ever won a Super Bowl or NFL championship, although he is 1-5 in in the postseason games, especially in the um, conference championship games. So we'll see how this game turns out. For me, I'm personally obviously looking at Derrick Henry. I uh, expect him to have another really stunning performance uh, around maybe a little bit less than 200 rushing yards. And I'm hopefully looking for Ryan Tannehill to throw the ball a lot better and obviously open up the field to A.J. Brown, the rookie uh, standout that I mentioned previously. So we'll see how it goes. For me, I'm predicting this game to go in favor of the Titans. And uh, my score for the game would be actually 30 to 24 Titans. Well, 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 sticking with the Titans. Uh, So, in my opinion, the Titans are looking extremely strong in comparison to the Chiefs, who had a very, very slow start to last Saturday's game. They allowed the Texans to get up on them, which I thought was going to be their downfall, but obviously it wasn't. So, uh, the strengths of the Titans, you know, Derrick Henry, you know, he's had over 180 yards in each of these postseason games, which is nearly unheard of. Over 30 touches, uh, he's pretty much the team as of right now, as uh, unless Ryan Danahill can begin to step up and get, like Dan said, more than 88 yards per game, which is absolutely pathetic. However, he is throwing dimes when he does throw the ball. So, as long as the Chiefs can... Stop Derrick Henry, I think it's a wrap for them. But they had to be careful because getting into the end zone for the Chiefs is going to be quite difficult because the Titans, their red zone defense, they're only allowing, you know, 12.5 points a game uh, in these last two games. And they also kept the Ravens uh, to only 12 points. Coming from the number one team in the NFL, 
uh, you hold them to 12 points. That's pretty. Uh, that's pretty good, especially for uh, for a red zone defense that's led by Mike Rabel. He was that New England outside linebacker that was a dominant performer during the, uh, during his career, and I'm sure he's carried a lot of that over. Uh, you know, it's also helpful that he has uh, experience as a player, especially playing for New England, the greatest team in the world. You know, with a six Super Bowl ring as of right now, he is there for four of them. Uh, he knows how to win, and I think that that will be the ultimate factor in this uh, in this game because. Like Dan was also saying, Andy Reid one in five in postseason or in the championship games. I think that that is uh, is an important stat to look at. He can't get it done, uh, even when he made it to the Super Bowl. You know, he he lost to New England, and I still think that uh, I don't think he has it in him to win a championship. To be honest with you, and with a, even with a quarterback like uh, like like Pat Mahomes, yeah, they can they can they can produce in the regular season, but the postseason's always proven a challenge for them. Uh, so you know. Some some weaknesses on the Titans. However, I I must say Ryan Tannehill is always a question mark. He could have a great game because Dan was saying earlier that his QBR is better than Pat Mahomes. You know that that's an interesting statistic. However, obviously Pat Mahomes is better than him right now, and we're and he's just going to be this just standing question mark whether or not he'll have a good game or not. It might it might hinge on that, but obviously the main person to be watching is Derrick Henry. With his uh, with his running ability to make sure if he can get the ball at least thirty times and get at least a five yard average, you will see the Titans win. So my prediction is Titans winning twenty four twenty one. It's going to be a really close game coming out of the wire. Uh, however, I do think it's going to be super exciting to watch. Wow, both think the Titans are going to win. That's you crazy. Go for the underdog. Well, we got and we have no faith in your team over there, buddy. Oh. <laughs> You guys are going to be worshiping Pat Mahomes by the end of this season. There is no way in the world. <laughs> Come to the church of Mahomes. Like, <laughs> so what do you think? These teams are a lot different stylistically, right? So, you know, you got a great quarterback on one team in Pat Mahomes, and you got, you know, Tannehill on the other team. And then <laughs> the Chiefs have pretty bad rushing, and the Titans have the best running back in the league by a mile. So... How like what do the games look like that the Titans are able to win, and what do they look like when the Chiefs are able to win? Like you know, is it we looking for high scoring, or what do they have to do? You know. Okay, so um, for me, definitely the Titans on the other side of the ball on defense need to produce. They've racked up three interceptions so far this postseason. I'm hoping they could stop this powerful offense again. They need to get some turnovers on the defensive side and allow the uh, Titans offense to get back on the field and score some points for them, get more possessions for them specifically. And try to keep Pat Mahomes off off the field. And for the Chiefs, obviously, they have a phenomenal offense. Um, I think they we need to establish their running game a little bit more. But besides that, they're uh, a pretty hot offense. So it's going to be really hard. But if the Titans don't produce with the turnovers, then the Chiefs could take it easy. Yeah, so a, a, a game that the Titans are going to need to have here is they're going to have to get to Mahomes early and often. Uh, you have to disrupt him. Even though you know he is probably one of the best passers under pressure, uh, they need to pretty much devote a QB spy to him consistently throughout the game. Uh, he needs to be kept in the pocket and, you know, bringing three or four guys on mix-match mix defensive coverage schemes, you know, bringing guys in weird gaps that they don't, like, they, they just don't know how to handle is the way they're going to do They're, they're going to have to do it. I do think that Mike Rabel is going to have that defensive mindset to, you know, continue the pressure on Mahomes. Uh, to keep him off balance. Henry needs to get the ball, like I was saying, you know, 30-plus times, get him the ball, keep the run down the field, keep the Chiefs off the field, 
uh, like Dan was saying, you you really have to. It's a game of keep away essentially because Mahomes is going to score points. You know, he's going to score at least twenty one points regardless. I mean, he put up fifty one last week, which is insane. And I was really in three quarters instead of four. If he was playing his best football, it would have been seventy points probably. But the Chiefs, on the other hand, you know, they're going to have to pressure Tannehill on their defensive side, uh, which isn't going to be probably that hard to do because Tannehill only, you know, he's only throwing 14 times a game as of right now. But if you do pressure him, you know, he is one of the lowest QBRs in the league uh, when he's under pressure at 3.5, and he took sacks on 35% of pressured dropbacks, which I think is uh, is a pretty crazy statistic. He got he, had, he was sacked 31 times on 89 dropbacks under pressure. And if they're able to contain Derrick Henry, this is probably the number one thing that defense has to do. Uh, if they can fully push the workload on to Derrick Henry after they take away the pass and they're able to, you know, get Derrick Henry under three yards of carry, they're going to be successful in every step of the game at that point. If they're able to start like that, it's going to be a very tough going for the for the Tennessee Titans to even have a chance in this game. However, like I was saying, if the Titans can get going... Oh, I definitely agree with you on that. And also another, another thing I would like to throw out there is... I don't know if you guys have been noticing, but although Ryan Tannehill is the starter, we've been seeing a little bit of Mariota on the field a couple plays throughout the postseason, and he's done every every chance he got out on the offense. He's completed every pass. He's a, a sleeper, I guess, at the QB spot. He comes in. It might uh, throw Andy Reid off when they throw him in on the lineup, so I'm kind of interested to see what Mariota is going to bring to the table this coming game. Well, yeah, they're definitely going to have to mix something up. You know, bring him in at, bring him in at Wildcat or something along that. Because obviously, he's still a good quarterback. He started for them for a couple of years. Obviously, he, he had a little falling out. Uh, just doesn't fit with the defense, or he doesn't fit with the offense any longer. Stuff along those lines. But I do think, like you were saying, that uh, Marcus Mariota is going to come in. He's going to be disruptive oh, on the offensive definitely. side. Going to confuse Andy Reid because he's not going to know what's going on when you bring in somebody, somebody like him. You know, he kind of reminds me of a Taysom Hill type guy, except he's not as dynamic in my opinion. However, it's always good to have options, especially when Tannehill is your quarterback. Probably, in my opinion, like I was saying, he's a horrible quarterback. <laughs> uh, probably shouldn't even be starting at this point. But, you know, it is what it is. He's gotten here somehow, so I guess we'll see what happens. He's a game manager. He manages the game better than Mariota would. I do think Mariota is definitely the better thrower of the ball, though, right? Like, you Well, know, yeah, but, like, yeah, I mean, I guess a game manager. I mean, I guess that's why they only have him throwing 14 times because they're scared of what he's actually going to throw. And another thing I do want to bring up here, so Travis Kelsey, actually, he uh, he has a soft tissue hamstring injury uh, that, that occurred in the Texans game. And I have a feeling that that may plague him this week coming because I, I, from experience, you know, as, as time goes on, you know, those soft tissue injuries are, like, annoying, you know, a couple of days out, a week out. So, like, I wonder if that's going to affect Mahomes, you know, in the red zone because he's his main target, is he not? And if, if Travis Kelsey doesn't make the appearance, his main targets for Pat Mahomes would be uh, Tariq Hill and Hardman. And those two are huge threats because they are... So freaking fast. Two of the fastest receivers in the league right now. Well, and you, and you also got to worry about Sammy Watkins. I mean, he's still good. You know, he never went anywhere. He's just a third string guy now, which is even scarier. So they really have three good pass catchers. But his number one target in Travis Kelsey, if he's sitting on the bench, I don't know what's going to happen because you're always looking for that big tight end. I mean, I would imagine. Definitely. Yeah, he'll play though, right? Like, I, th- I think it looks like. Oh, he'll play good. definitely. But I don't know if he'll he'll be producing the way he oh, normally you, does. Oh, you mean on the sideline, like he's going to take plays off because of. Oh, yeah. 100%. I mean now. Yeah. So, you know, last time they matched up, 
the Titans managed to take it and they're kind of looking better now. So, you know, do you see that any way for the chiefs to stop that run game? Like they do have a pretty good run defense, right? Well, they right now are around average out of the league for a run defense. And I don't think that's honestly good enough to be stopping Derrick Henry. You'd have to be a top contender with that defense. And I just don't think they have the uh, weapons right now on their defense to stop the run. I know they are pretty dominant right now. Like I said, only allowing around 14 points per game on opposing teams. But um, I just, I don't see a way they could stop Derrick Henry, honestly. I just think the Chiefs defense in general is one of their weaknesses because they've allowed over 500 yards per game in a regular season. Like, I, especially when you're trying to defend the number one running back in the league right now, that is it's gonna it's gonna cause problems so I mean obviously Derrick Henry's gonna get going and I don't think that the Chiefs defense is gonna have uh anywhere near as good of stop ability that the Patriots and Ravens had because you're looking at the number one defense and the number four defense and they still couldn't stop him he put up 180 yards I'm gonna bet that Derrick Henry has over 200 yards this game so you know as far as players to watch go we already talked about Pat Mahomes Travis Kelsey and um Derrick Henry on the positive side and we talked about Tannehill being, you know, a negative kind of player to watch. So is there anyone else you'd want to give a shout out to that could have a big impact on this game, whether it's yeah, positive um, or negative? I've been waiting all postseason for A.J. Brown to have a uh, stellar performance, and he is yet to have it. I'm really hoping he shows up this game and he gets the opportunities to show what he's got on the field. I think he's an awesome receiver, and I want to see big plays out of him. And I'm definitely with you because A.J. Brown needs to get involved. But the problem is, is that if Tannehill's not throwing the ball, A.J. Brown can't get going. So it's really a matter of whether or not Tannehill can actually begin to throw the ball like an NFL quarterback and get A.J. Brown where he needs to be, which is in the end zone. Yeah. All right, let's move over to the NFC. We'll look at this Packers and 49ers game. So, you know, 49ers, you know, predictably are a favorite. They, You know, ESPN has them with a 72% chance to win. So, you know, Dan, you go ahead and take it away. Tell us what you think. All right, well, just like um, the previous game, I'm – I'm thinking the 49ers are going to take this. I think just all around their statistics are a lot better than the Packers. The Packers are all around mostly an average team when it comes to stats on the offense, defense, passing, and rushing. The last time, although the last time they did, they did meet up in October 2018, the Packers just did pull out a victory by um, – last drive field goal to win it i'm really thinking i'm going to see a big performance out of jimmy garoppolo he's definitely going up another uh top three quarterback aaron Rodgers, who has more than double the amount of career playoff starts as the uh the three starting qbs combined uh it's going to be a big game for him it's going to be a big game for kittle although he did sit out of practice today which was interesting so we'll look to hear more about that but um 49ers have nine conference championship losses since 1970 which is the most in NFL, but I think this team is way too dynamic to go out like that. I think they're going to perform well at their home advantage, and I'm really looking for them to step up. Yeah, so I actually have the uh, the 49ers as well uh, winning the game at 28-17. to 17. I don't think the Packers can get it done. Uh, Aaron Rodgers right now is both a strength and a weakness. You know, he's got experience in the playoffs. He's got a Hall of Fame critic to match. Uh, however, he's uh, he's had mediocre play during the regular season. I mean, his touchdown to the interception ratio is pretty good. But overall, you really haven't seen anything significant from him. So I would say that it's going to he's got to have, you know, a Hall of Fame performance on Sunday to win this game. 
I just think the 49ers defense is going to be uh, a pretty much a brick wall in the run game. Aaron Jones, he's got to get going. I don't think he will. Um, and that's going to be probably the downfall of the Packers because Joey Bosa, D. Ford, all those guys on the defensive line are really going to put up a fight. And it's going to show because Aaron Jones just, I don't know that he'll be able to get going. And that'll make them a one-dimensional team. Aaron Rodgers can play a one-dimensional game with Devontae Adams at receiver, but Devontae Adams, he's got to get away from Richard Sherman. Because if Richard Sherman is can have his way with, with Devontae Adams, he's only going to catch probably two or three passes, probably for 25 yards, because Richard Sherman is such a such a shutdown corner that I just think um, they're going to have to play mistake-free football all night long. And they have to, uh, everyone on that Packers team has to be playing to the absolute pinnacle of their ability to even have a chance in this game. Jimmy G has looked really good. Uh, Tevin Coleman, you know, absolute monster performance last week, uh, over 100 yards, a couple of touchdowns. You know, George Kittle needs to get involved more with also. Like Ryan Tannehill, you know, it's a product of how many pass attempts Jimmy G can actually get. Uh, That defense is rock solid. They sat Cousins six times last week. They limited the Vikings to only seven first downs. They were able to collapse the pocket on every single passing play pretty much. It uh, It was a scary team to watch going into these final couple of games because I think that they're going to be a really formidable opponent in the Super Bowl once they beat the Packers. Uh, You know, their only weakness of the 49ers is is that Jimmy G is inexperienced in playoff games like this. He was under under, uh, Tom Brady for, you know, three years. He was able to see what winning looks like. I think that's, that's going to play to his advantage. However, um, the inexperience could cost him. However, that is their legitimate only weakness in my eyes. I think it's going to be a great game. 49ers are going to be looking solid, and I think it's just going to be uh, an overall good performance. And a good. And I definitely game. agree with you on the fact that I think the uh, 49ers defense is going to have a stellar performance. I mean, I don't foresee their uh, the Packers running game getting going at all, to be honest. But I don't agree with you on the fact that you say Richard Sherman is a uh, shutdown corner. I think he's hyping himself up what? way too much. I've I am losing faith in him, and I think definitely Devontae Adams is going to get at least over 100 yards, and definitely under under the coverage of Sherman, I could still see him getting over 100 yards and at least a touchdown or two so i don't know how that's gonna go but i think the uh the 49ers overall are gonna have a shutdown defense on the uh running front see i completely disagree with that i think rich sherman is honestly probably one of the the best postseason corners that the NFL has seen probably behind prime time. A couple of those guys are a little bit better. But Richard Sherman is, he's a shutdown corner. And as long as he is like a pretty much like a, a shadow of Devontae Adams. Yeah, I'm just getting a little sick and tired of seeing his post-game rants about how fucking good he is and talking himself up. I'm getting pretty tired of that. But the thing is, he, he, plays, he plays to his, like... He can say that because he plays so well. So like, he's not I think he's good. that good. To be honest with you, I think he is a he's a complete player who is. Is he the best in the game right now? Yeah, hundred percent better than Stefan Gilmore. They're about tied because Stefan Gilmore is still young. You wow. know, Richard Sherman's been in the in in the league for a couple of years now. Stefan Gilmore's still got a couple more years to you know really prove himself. He's he he did really well this season. He's you know you you got to get him you know another year or two under his belt to really cement himself into that number one spot. But Richard Sherman has been very consistent the past couple of years, especially in the postseason. You really, I mean, I I didn't even think there was an argument, but apparently Dan was arguing. Devontae Adams will get under 75 yards this game with with probably four receptions. He will not score a touchdown. And I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have to look elsewhere. He's gonna he's going to shut down his number one. He's receiver. getting way too cocky, and he needs to start staying humble. I know he's a good corner, but 
I can definitely see him blowing some big coverage over Devontae Adams, and he's going to have a huge game this game. But I also see the uh, 49ers putting up a lot of points on offense and shutting down majority of the Packers' offense. So my prediction was uh, 32-24 and in favor of 49ers. So last time these two teams played each other, the 49ers won 37-8. to <laughs> So Aaron Rodgers threw up 104 yards, and... Their biggest rusher was Williams with 45 yards. So, you know, what do you think they can do differently to get more than that at least, at least make this competitive? Like, is is it just, you know, a foregone conclusion that the 49ers are going to take this? Or do you think that was just a really bad performance on that day? Uh, like we've been saying, going against 49ers, rush defense is going to be a very tough task. If they can establish the run game um, pretty well, then it'll open up uh, the field for Aaron Rodgers to have a lot of options. I know he likes to spread the ball around a decent bit, but his primary target is Devontae Adams, like we've been saying. He is a top three receiver, if I'm not mistaken, in the past couple years. So if they can establish the run game, get that going, feel confident enough with their offense, get some momentum going for them, then they can produce uh, yards for Aaron Rodgers to open up the field. Yeah, so I don't think it's a a foregone conclusion that the 49ers are 100% going to win this game. If Rodgers is able to have a, like I said, a Hall of Fame performance, they're able to get Devontae Adams away from Sherman in any way possible, that would be the only way that I can foresee them winning or having, I guess, a chance to win the game. They also must play mistake-free football. That is a must, because if they start making mistakes on this 49ers team, you start giving them the ball, you start turning the ball over, it's going to be it's gonna be lights out at that point. You know, after the first mistake, it's going to be a large hill to climb back up to even begin to come back in this and game. And I mean, I going think. into this game, their record is both 13-3. and three. Yeah, but the 49ers are just a significantly better team, in my opinion. For but like I said in the past, the Packers, although they've been they've just been pulling it out and winning dirty. They've been pulling out of nowhere. Well, they, yeah, 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 most definitely. But And like we were talking about earlier, you know, they met in the regular season, and the 49ers handed the Packers a pretty significant loss. So that's that's something to look for to see if that, uh, if that game will affect them, affect the confidence of the Packers, you know, make them a little scared coming into the game. Yeah, 49ers have not lost by more than a touchdown this season. Their worst loss was literally by seven points to uh, the Falcons. So, I mean, Falcons not a great team, obviously, but 49ers seem much better for a 13-3 and team. So, you know, I think we went over most of the players to watch for this one already. Uh, if you guys want to shout anyone else out, you can. But, you know, after that, we'll move on to that viewer question. Um, I'm going to give a shout-out to Jimmy Grappolo. I want to see him prove himself. I want to see him get the respect he deserves. I think he is... An overall sound cornerback, quarterback. Uh, I think he'll have a good performance this game. Obviously, competing on the other side of the field against Aaron Rodgers, but I'm looking for him to have a good game. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I mean, I think if D Ford, the defensive end, and Joey Bosa Nick, are Nick able Bosa. to um, produce this game, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a nightmare for that uh, for Aaron Rodgers and that and that's pretty much it you know George Kittle needs to get into the game uh have more than you know one reception like he did last week and uh get your leading receiver producing again all right so let's move on to this question from uh no two villager he he asks what are your thoughts on Chad Johnson going to possibly be a kicker in the XFL uh and who's your pick for the NFL championship I'm assuming he's asking about the Super Bowl and not these games, but uh, I don't want to ask, I don't want to, you know, reveal our hand for who we think is going to win the Super Bowl. So instead, we should just pick a favorite team. But let's start with that Chad Johnson going uh, going to the XFL as a kicker 
uh, potentially. Uh, so, I mean, I saw the video of him kicking a 62-yard field goal, which was ridiculous. Um, I mean, he is getting old, but I, if he wants to chase a dream and do something new, I give it, I give him credit, and uh, hopefully he gets what he wants. <laughs> I mean, yeah, so Chad Johnson right now, he's 42. I, I already I already kind of responded to this, uh, this comment previously. However, I'm just going to reiterate a couple of points here. He's 42. You know, once he left the Bengals, he is in a former shell of himself. I just think that he wants to get back in the spotlight because he was one of those chatty guys like T.O. who really just wants all the spotlight on him all the time. I think this is going to be one of those, you know, last-ditch efforts to really get back in the in the limelight. Uh, the XFL is a new organization. You know, he's definitely got a chance to do something. Uh, I guess at 42, you probably want to be a kicker instead of, you know, uh, breaking your body down. But I just don't know that him coming in as a completely inexperienced kicker. I did see a video, like Dan said, the 62-yard field goal. That's pretty interesting. I know he kicked a PAT for New England. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I would be wary to bring him into the locker room. He's He has attitude problems, in my opinion. He's not a good leader. I just think it'll be an all-around bad decision for any XFL team to, um, to bring him in. And it'll just... Uh, it'll lead to affecting everyone else around him. Yeah. All right. So, wh- wh- who's your favorite team to watch that's left in these playoffs? Just you know, not not the best team, but just you know, who do you think is the most interesting in terms of their style? Oh, I definitely think the most interesting is obviously the Titans. I mean, they fought their way into the sixth seed, and they've had back to back great performances against top teams, number one ranked and third ranked in the AFC. They played tough. Uh, Derrick Henry has been dominant on the field. I'm always looking forward to these games with the Titans on the field. Um, so I'm looking forward to this Sunday against the Chiefs, and that's my favorite team right now in the postseason. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to agree with you. I do think the uh, the Titans have been a very fun team to watch. Really unexpected, you know. When they played New England, obviously I bet against them because New England, in my opinion, is still a better team. They just had a bad showing. Uh, and the Titans, you know, getting that run game going against the best defenses in the league Honestly, number one and number three, I mean, you're only missing the, the 49ers here. And I just uh, I just think watching him play in this, you know, run-first offense is just like, like old-school football. It's always nice to see him, you know, running with your head down, trucking people, stiff-arming people down the field. It's always uh, – it's a, it's really interesting. It reminds me of old Marshawn Lynch. So, um, yeah, like I said, they're, they're a fun team to watch. I don't know if they're going to be in the Super Bowl. I'm betting that they're going to be. Uh, but yeah, I just think uh, I think they're a. Uh... I mean, it is awesome seeing defenses come out there and try to defend that line because a lot of these defenses are scared to tackle him. I mean, that guy is a massive running back. Would you not be? He's like two hundred and like eighty oh, pounds, 100%, 250 pounds. 100%. That man is huge. He runs a four five forty. That dude is a a Mack truck running down the field. Oh yeah, definitely. I would never challenge him, even with YouTube <laughs> by my side. I still wouldn't challenge him. <laughs> no way in the world. And y'all know who I think uh, is the coolest team to watch. You know, I'm going to go with the Chiefs and my boy Pat Mahomes. Um, by far the most interesting team. I don't like any of that running shit. Throw the ball. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what I think. That's what I want to say to Tannehill. Throw the damn ball. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, feel free to ask questions like this on our YouTube. If we think, you know, they're interesting, we'll just bring them up on the podcast, give you a shout out. Um, you know, you get to hear your answer. We'll post a response too. So 
And if you're still listening to this podcast uh, and missed the last this past weekend and uh, throughout the week, uh, Jimmy Johnson, former Dallas Cowboys and Miami Dolphins coach, was inducted into the Hall of Pro Football Hall of Fame. And another shocking news would be uh, Luke Keekley's reti- early retirement only after eight seasons. He was a seven-time Pro Bowler, multiple Defensive Player of the Year. He won the Art Rooney Award. All-around stellar defensive player. And I'm sure if any of you guys listening right now were fantasy football players, especially with leagues that allowed a defensive player on your team, you're very saddened to hear that he's not going to be playing anymore and you're going to have to pick someone else in the draft. But um, I hope he does well with whatever he w- wishes to do post- past his uh, football career all the best to him so yeah guys check back uh next tuesday we'll be releasing a post game video you know we'll see how these games went and if our predictions matched up with it so uh yeah see you guys